Are you ready? It's that time! Welcome, people of the internet, and people who hate the internet, but manage to listen to this podcast anyway. You got to tell us how you do that one. This is episode 12 of season three. I think it's episode 12 of season three of Man, Buns, and Jesus. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Laborious, and we are continuing in after manner in our survey of scripture series, specifically uh, looking at Corinthians. Um, but we're jumping out of order because we do what we want. And also our hosts, we're, we're getting them scheduled and we want to give them time to actually. Yeah. So anyway, we're looking at the end of 15 today, ladies and gentlemen. First uh, Corinthians 15, starting at verse 50. Yeah, it's a long it's a long chapter, but we're only reading the last eight verses. So calm down. Um, it says, I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the same that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And if you listen to that passage, brothers and sisters, and think, wow, that's kind of a bummer. I wonder where they're going with this one. Well, it's at that point I'd like to pass you off to my co-host, Reverend, esteemed pastor, Benjamin Olschlager, to tell you what we're talking about today. Well, Josh, uh, that's a great question. He's having second thoughts. He's like, how can I spin this another way? Quick. No, I'm not. Um, so one of the things that is is most difficult for us, and especially in modern the modern world, to think about, uh, to wrestle with, um, is death. Um, most of us don't like thinking about our impending death. Uh, I know a few people who are like, yeah, every day kind of sucks. I wake up, I'm in pain. Jesus coming soon will be great. Um, but most people I know don't feel that way. And uh, I think if you look at a lot of the way that culture approaches death, it reflects that. Um movies and tv shows will find any way and every way possible to keep main characters alive in the most ridiculous ways possible or resurrect them 
um, so that the audience doesn't have to grapple grapple with death. Um, I mean, that's part of what made Game of Thrones, whether you like it or not, a like cultural phenomenon because main characters died and stayed dead. Like characters you liked and uh, uh commiserated most with. What? I said most of them stayed dead. It's fair. Some um, of them. There is a very walkers. notable exception. Some of them became walkers, and then one of them was was Jon Snow. Spoiler alert. Um, I know I'm supposed to say that before, but screw they, it. They've had their chance. Yes. Um, if I've seen the whole series. That means you had your chance. It's fair. Um, but all of that is to say, as Christians. Um, Fun fact, Merriam-Webster has 102 alternatives to saying someone died. Yeah. That's there's, how... There's another example of, of how we've uh, sanitized death. Oh, they, they passed away. They, um, people talked they about... Stepped the, out, checked out, kicked off, pegged out, bought the farm, kicked the bucket, failed, gave up the ghost popped off, snuffed it, kicked in, bought it, flatlined. Pushing up daisies. Croaked. Dried up. I've never heard that one. If you tell me someone dried up, I'm going to assume they were an alcoholic who is now in recovery. I'm not going to assume you mean they died. Those are all the entertaining ones. You can Worm keep. food. Um, is worm food on the list? Because I've definitely heard that one before. Not on the one I don't have to click see more to see. Okay. Then uh, there's more that go above and beyond even that Merriam-Webster list, which seems ridiculous. Um, and I mean, part of that is like death is a less present part of our lives. Um, childhood mort mortality rates, especially in the West, are at an all-time low um kids just don't die in a lot of cases the way that they used to um kids these days they don't die like they used to you're right they don't um like it used to be like 50 percent of kids died before the age of six um and now i think we don't lose half of our population until around the age of 50. um and I think it might even be later than that, because the average like lifespan in the United States is uh, 77, I think. And I, I remember seeing a statistic somewhere that like if you make it to 55, you have a like 80 percent chance of making it to 80. Um, average lifespan is 77.28 years. Yeah, there you go. As of 2022. Um, so like death and especially unexpected death is just not as much a part of our reality. There's, there's not like most of your neighbors aren't going to factories every day where there are exposed gears that take off limbs and heads. Um, people for the most part, honor the rules of the road. And when there are accidents, seatbelts and airbags are a thing. Um, unless you live in Illinois or Missouri, 
Um, Josh nods approvingly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, did Brendan Harrell ever tell you the story of the first thing he saw when moving to Missouri? No. Was it a bad driver? Close. He pulled off the uh, the the interstate off of sixty five uh, at the the exit by the big Amico sign, and on the side of the road was a car fully engulfed in flames. Yep, that's on brand for St. Louis. <laughs> that's that's a pretty great uh, and fitting intro to the state of Missouri. Um, has very little to do with what we're talking about. Today. No, but it's a fun story about ripping Missouri. Um, anyway, uh, but as Christians, we probably should think about our debt because we understand that it's a part of, unfortunately, the current um, state of like, the world. Yeah, state of creation. Um, the wages of sin are death uh, and the free gift of God is eternal life. Um, but Josh, you and I sin. So our, our wage is death. And I, I think it was Dr. Gibbs. Who's a, who's a retired professor at the seminary and hopefully future podcast guest. Yeah. Um, he said something that, that always kind of stuck with me. He he said we should be, even though we should talk about our death and we should think about that kind of stuff, he said we should be more careful when we do talk about it. Because a line that you'll hear a lot is, you know what, this is just part of the natural world. This is the natural order of things. This morning I was helping with a school play that was uh the lion king where they sing the circle of life and it's you know what death is just part of life and maybe even as i'm saying that and you're listening to this podcast you think yeah that you know what that sounds right he's like no death is unnatural when when god created the heavens and the earth and everything that's in them death was not part of that death is a broken result is a result of the brokenness of creation so do we need to talk about death absolutely should we talk about it yes we need to be careful that we we understand it is a um it is a hostile invader in god's creation and it is not a welcome one and we do look forward to the day when christ in his glory kicks it out for good so yeah circle of life that i mean that's why i talked about it as an unfortunate part of our current reality um you're right in that it's not meant to be a part of the design um but also by not talking about death by kind of sanitizing that from our understanding of god's creation um, we kind of do ourselves a disservice on the like proclamation front. Um, there's a lot of things in our faith where we talk about death. Um, 
baptism. We are baptized into Christ's death. In in doing so, we we believe that we kill off a part of who we are so that we can become part of Christ's death. Um, as we grow, we mature in our understanding that uh, death is coming. Unfortunately, death is coming, but it's not an end. It's merely a step along the way towards the time when God will come back and renew his creation. Um, but it's a step in, it's a step in the process that's going to happen. Yeah. And Christ died for us. Like we talk about that death a lot, but that one's a little easier to talk about because he rose three days later. We don't necessarily how, talk about how that impacts or even renews our death. Yeah. And when we say talk about this, it, like there aren't very many limitations on that. Um, I, I don't know who you had for your pastoral counseling courses, but I know Mars, who Dr. Mars, who I had made a pretty big deal about this. When the opportunity arises, you should talk about death with kids. Mm -hmm. And you say, oh, that's dark. Like, I don't want to expose them to that. It's, it's better for them long term. And that's not to say be like brazen and callous about it. But say, like, if someone in the family dies, don't use like a... Don't use some of those synonyms we were talking about earlier, that kind of colorful language that doesn't really communicate what happened. You, you tell them that person died. And, and then you explain what that means. And, and the incredible thing that Ben was talking about is that then becomes an opportunity for proclamation. Because when we say, you know, that person died, we say, uh, especially when they died in the faith, we say, but we'll see them again. And we'll see them again in a place where there is no death, there is no suffering, whatever caused them to die isn't going to be an issue anymore. Um, and, and it gives you that chance for a very real, very powerful proclamation with your kids or anyone else you're having that conversation with. Um, what I found interesting, I... I had a circuit meeting this past Tuesday um, for anyone who hasn't been listening to the podcast in a long time, because I know we did church hierarchy at one point. Um, a circuit is like the closest, however many churches to you, uh, the pastors Usually like eight to 12 ish. Yeah. The pastors in each circuit are supposed to, and I say supposed to, because it is in our bylaws that we are supposed to go to circuit meetings. Once a month, typically you take off a month for Advent and Lent, but once a month, um, the pastors get together on like, we get together on a Tuesday, you worship together, you do a little bit of Bible study, you talk about issues that you're dealing with in your church to kind of brainstorm a little bit. Um, and we were talking this last week before the circuit meeting started, it was just, I, there were five or six of us standing around talking about some of the things going on in our churches. 
And the comment got made because we were, we were cracking some jokes about death. And the, the comment got made that, like, because of the profession we're in, we probably are a little more lighthearted and cavalier around death than one would expect. And part of that is because we, like, we're just around it a lot in doing funerals, in comforting people who are grieving. Um, so, like, we're around it a lot. And we're also, we're constantly confronted by the hope we have, even in death. So, um, yeah, if your pastor never cracks a joke about death, he's either really straight-laced or you should applaud his self-discipline. I'm now making it my life goal uh, to, in my dying breath, just scream, we, here we go. Or we haven't here we go. Like Yep, I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> Your poor wife. <laughs> um so wow, this is a kind of kinda even gonna work out as a segue. Ben clearly has done this. Uh, you should plan for your death. And I mean that in two ways, probably more, but two specific ways that I can think of right now. The first is, um, you better get yourself right with God Almighty. And that's a lot easier than you think, right? All it takes to be right with God is faith in Jesus' sacrifice and in his promises for you. However, you need to make sure you're right. And this is something like I I knew some people in college where their attitude was, oh, I'll go back to church after I've had my fun. And they kind of leave it behind. And, you know, maybe that works out for you. But, you know, accidents happen all the time. And people die unexpectedly. And as kind of dark as it sounds, you should be ready. Be prepared. Prepare yourself at all times is what I'm saying. Because like you don't know, driving home from work, you could be in a car wreck. So in, and I kind of, I want to tack this on because the advice is like, always make sure you tell your loved ones that you love them because you, you don't know when that last time you talked to them is going to be. In the same breath, Make sure you're right with God. So that's the first one. It's kind of a spiritual, prepare yourself for your death, prepare for your death by tending to your faith. The second thing is logistically. Uh, This is something we actually had confirmation students do um, on my vicarage. Mm. Plan your funeral. Mm. Like, the, the hymns that you're going to use, the Bible reading you want to be used. Um, I even know some guys that if someone's in hospice, but they're still kind of mentally there enough to have a conversation, some of the ideas for the ser- the funeral sermon will come from, come directly from the deceased. Uh, 
And part of that is also like, you really want to make your family do all that when they're, you know, processing the loss already. Uh, so you can plan your funeral service. Uh, if if we're one of your pastors, you could come up to us. We'll we'll sit down. We'll plan it with you. We'll help you out with that. Um, I have a handout. A different church. I have a handout. You can ask your pastor. I'm sure your pastor will be happy to do it with you. You might want to explain why you are out of the blue asking to plan your funeral. Because if you come up to one of us, we'll be like, oh, you listen to the podcast. That's so neat. If you go up to a random pastor because, I don't know, you, you heard, you, you're listening in Tucson and you heard about us because I'm related to Ian Laborious. Um, or you listen in Irvine because I'm Andrew Held's pastor. That's great. That's fine. Uh, talk to your pastor about planning your funeral. Um, say, hey, I was listening to this podcast that said we should do this. Because otherwise your pastor's going to be like, what terrible disease do you have that I'm not aware of? Um, and kind of, this is the more boring, but Ben did bring up uh, LCMS Foundation before we started recording. Also, like, get your get your finances and stuff in order. Figure it out. Actually talk to someone who already knows. And if you, if you don't have it done, the state gets to decide and do it for you. And uh, who do you trust more, yourself or the government? There's your threat. <laughs> There's that's 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 what that is. Um, and if if you want a first step in like funeral planning, like the first and easiest step is to get to know your pastor and have your pastor get to know you, because it's going to be so much easier for your pastor to minister to your family and friends if they actually know who you are. Um, I've done a couple of funerals out of the blue for people that I didn't necessarily know, but were kind of peripherally related to the congregation. And it's way harder. It's way harder for me to sincerely proclaim the love of Christ to those gathered. Um, if I don't know you, I don't necessarily know your your end location. Um, I can't necessarily always proclaim, uh, yeah. Yes, they have died, but now they are resting in Christ. If we don't know that you are in Christ, we can't we can't say that for sure. Yeah. And yeah. That I mean that's a, a like kind of it's a rough way to put it, but it's true. It's a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so start by getting to know your pastor and letting your pastor get to know you. Um, and then from there, like, remember that the point of your funeral, uh, the, the spiritual side of your end of life planning is to proclaim Christ crucified and resurrected 
to your loved ones, to provide them comfort in the wake of your death as they gather to grieve and remember you. Um, it is not a victory celebration. No. There are people who, it's a celebration of life. No. Death sucks. And funerals yeah. are acknowledging that as they yeah. should. Um, Our passage that Josh read for us at the beginning of the podcast uh, questions where death's victory is, where death's sting is. And when we, when we're sitting in a funeral, that's all we can see. That's all we can experience. Like, we're not going to be able to cry that, that statement out. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Until the graves are ripped open by the power of God and the bodies of the faithful are brought back to life to inhabit the new creation. Like, at that point, we can cry that out. We can cry out in anticipation of that now, but, like, we can't necessarily proclaim that come. Yeah. And that's why... Uh, don't, don't, don't try to have some silly nonsense in, like, in the songs you pick for your funeral, like, point to the resurrection, because if you look, let's look at Jesus for our example, where was his victory? His victory was not on Calvary's cross. By all accounts, what that looks like is a defeat. The victory was when he walked out of the tomb three days later. And there's there's some theological nuance there, I think. Um, Ben's got a song stuck in his head, I think. Because, um, like, on the, on the cross... There, there was victory in that he was, he was overcome, like he was paying the price. He, but his, his ultimate victory was when he overcame death. So funerals aren't a victory celebration because our victory isn't in death. Our victory is in the resurrection when Christ comes again. And we don't know when that is. We look forward to it, but that's our victory. So, funerals are a place to mourn, and that's okay. Don't turn them into something that pretends death is better than it is. What are you looking up, Ben? Should I be concerned? No. So, um, being at a, a slightly more traditional church than Josh, I've done a couple of uh, like graveside um, services for members of the congregation, and one thing that I've I've kind of noted, I don't know, I think I sang it once because I knew that the family would appreciate it, but there's a hymn that's recommended. Uh, one verse of one hymn that's recommended for as the the casket is being lowered into the grave. Um, and 
we're kind of saying goodbye for the last time and we're asking God to uh, carry the soul of this person to eternity and care for them in eternity. Um, and it's the first verse of abide with me. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Death is no victory. It's an abandonment of life. Comfort is gone. Your loved ones are gone. We compare it to night in a lot of our, our music. And yet, what is the one thing that sustains us through it? Not our victory, but the victory of Christ. And so that should always be our focus at a funeral. Um, I'm with Josh. I think celebration of life can be kind of silly. Um, if people want to soften it and not call it a funeral, I'll call it a memorial service uh, or a service in memory of someone. Um, That's not to say that I think it's inappropriate to do a celebration of life. I think that can be a way to process, um, especially if, if you do it in kind of a more intimate setting, like you do it in the home with the family. And it's a celebration of like, let's remember everything this person was to us, everything this person did in their life. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that can be a, a, a helpful way to grieve. Um, but I wouldn't, I would recommend against uh, supplanting and replacing the funeral with it. Because, and, and Ben alluded to this earlier, while death is terrible and it's not a victory and it is unnatural and it's painful and, and grief is not an easy thing to deal with. All that is true. However, it gives us the opportunity to look forward to our victory. It gives us an opportunity to understand exactly what Christ is uh, saving us from um, and I think that I mean that's why funerals are so important because it is an opportunity to look forward to the day where death is is lost where death is overcome finally for good uh, and we ask that question and death where is your victory where is your sting because it's not going to last forever. Um, <laughs> and in, in our funerals, we recognize that. <laughs> and I have hiccups, so that's going to be a great way to... <laughs> That'll liven up this conversation a little bit. Um, I think something that we can kind of turn to in, a, in all of this too is like, Yes, as, as we plan for our death, we think about death, we, we plan for our funeral, we plan for kind of end of life or afterlife things. Um, like 
something that it can help us do. And I think I actually heard this from you, Josh, was uh, it yes. can be it can be helpful for us to think daily about death because it humbles us and points us back to the reason for life. Um, Luther in his morning and evening prayers, um, like the kind of ritual he encouraged his followers to use to start and end the day, uh, had a lot of language around death, around God's role in our, our care in the midst of death, um, and thanksgiving for life. And I think that, like, that mindset, whether or not you know, like know those prayers off the top of your head. If you don't, take a look at them. They're they're good. Um, but kind of that mindset of acknowledging God's role in the midst of life and his care for us in the midst of death puts us in a better mindset to, to serve as we live, knowing that no matter what we do, we can't stop death. And so we need God's care through death. And that becomes our example as we serve people in the midst of life. And as they experience perhaps the fullness of death or perhaps like microcosms of death. Um, you know, the brokenness of the world. Josh, how else do you think death kind of helps our proclamation? I mean, I think I think the biggest way it really um, it impacts our proclamation of the world is that it's such a hopeless situation for so many people. Mm -hmm. Death is undefeated. Right, and if you have no hope of anything more, if your view of the world is that when you die, you just rot and become worm food, and then you see someone who is experiencing that same thing, but they're looking at it with hope for the future, that, I mean, that's noteworthy. And that's worth asking what what's the reason for your hope and and that's why i think that's one of those places where i'm reminded of the verse that says always be ready always be ready with a reason to give a reason for the hope that you have so even in that that moment where you could despair there is hope and when that person approaches you and says like how can you be hopeful and optimistic in a situation like this you say well because I know this isn't the final word. Um, at the National Youth Gathering this summer, there was actually uh, one of the preachers was, was it Zach Zender? I didn't go. I, I don't remember. I, I think it was Zach Zender. Could I think one. he was in one any of the case, speakers. In any case, he did this, one of his messages was um, that death and sin and suffering, and he had his whole long list, right? But these are all middle words because Christ has the final word. 
and mm -hmm. it kind of it relegates death to do we recognize it yes do we prepare for it yes do do we deal with it yes is it a tragedy is it a broken piece of fallen creation yes 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 but it's just the middle word it's just part of the story and the story ends with eternal life with with jesus and his ultimate victory so that hope that we have i think maybe is a more powerful witness than anything else we could do in in our lives um, i mean paul paul talks about that in our text today i mean not so much like using the terms middle words but like for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality right there something's got to happen to this body to this life in order for it to be redeemed and, and brought before god um and that's that's what death is for the christian but as josh alluded to still unnatural still not something we want to experience um but as something we know we will experience, it's something we should be prepared to face. And then you you mentioned this earlier. Um, the encouragement to talk about death with kids. Um, it wasn't just that you should talk about death with kids, but if you have a death that your kid is experiencing early in their life, take them to the funeral. If it's open casket, let them see grandma or grandpa's or whoever's body. Like let them see and experience the reality of death because the trauma related with not actually processing that is oftentimes far greater than whatever trauma they may experience with seeing the reality of death. They can comprehend death. Uh, we just have to give them the opportunity to. And I think that speaks to how we ought to approach death as a Christian. If we just deny that reality, if we hide that from ourselves, we do ourselves more damage. We make it harder for ourselves to see the work of Christ in the middle of death. We make it harder to proclaim the life of Christ in the midst of death. We make it harder for others to recognize Christ in the midst of death. But if we're open and honest about it, people don't have to go digging through the weeds to see the joy of the gospel in, in times of death. Yeah. So are we ready to uh, move toward takeaways or was there anything else you wanted to tackle? No, I think uh, I think we can move towards some takeaways. And I've I've got one that I don't think you have on on your mind. So if you want some time, I can start. Yeah, you follow your dreams. Side note, the stole oh. you have in the background looks like it has hamburgers on it. Yeah. Totally unrelated to anything we talked about, but it's been bothering me. Well, I shouldn't say bothering me. It's been catching my eye for a minute now. 
That one was hanging in the closet at the church here when I got here. And it's so the uh, burger stole, the burger and lettuce stole. It's bread and grapes, but they're like very burgers and lettuce. 90s stylized, I think. Anyway, I don't know who's... continue with your anyway, takeaway, good sir. Um, my takeaway is it's a good exercise to to plan your funeral um to get you thinking about death um because one it helps you check off a box to make you prepared for if something does happen uh and two it kind of helps us understand this this present reality of of mortality and again our need for god um so if you want to do something practical to help you kind of start in in thinking about some of this stuff, your funeral is not a bad place to start. And I mentioned this earlier. If you're a member here at Good Shepherd or if you're listening to this podcast, um, I've got a little worksheet um, and it asks for five things. One, what you think a funeral should look like, your funeral should look like, including like, what do you want them to do with your body? Two, what scriptures do you have in mind? Three, what music, if any, do you have in mind? Uh, four, um, what was four? Four, do you have a message of comfort that you want to leave with your family? Like, do you want to proclaim the gospel in your own words and leave that as a lasting blessing for your family? Oh, that's cool. And five, um, is there any other information that your pastor should know? Like, is, is a someone, second wife going to show up at your funeral? Is there a, a family subject that is just absolutely off limits? Is there somebody that is going to, like, if your church allows somebody to share memories, is there somebody that should not be allowed to share memories? Um, those kinds of things. Um, are there landmines we need to be aware of? Exactly. Uh, are there landmines we need to be aware of? Or are there, is there someone in your family who you think can put a good gospel proclamation um, to what they've seen in your life. Um, that's the, like, uh, that's the five questions. And I give you plenty of space to write it out. Um, and if you want to share some of those, those comments in your funeral bulletin, that's like, I'm happy to put them in there for you. Um, so uh, if you want, if you want access to that, shoot me an email, pastorben at gsls.org. Um, and otherwise, talk to your pastor. They might have something similar. Um, but plan your funeral. Yeah. Uh, my takeaway isn't as sensical as Ben's. <laughs> as well. Uh, it's just Don't, for anyone, don't pretend that death isn't an incredibly painful thing that we have to deal with. But also don't get stuck on death as the end because we know that we have something incredible beyond measure waiting for us. So I think oftentimes we fall into the mistake of not talk like ignoring it we shouldn't do that 
or we give it more importance than it than it deserves. So yeah, kind of stay stay where we should be in understanding death is a is a terrible reality, but it's a temporary one. So with that, um, this is a podcast. If you're going to share it with someone, be a little sensitive about like mm-hmm. if someone is is actively struggling with death, use your judgment because maybe this is something that'll help them, but maybe it's something that's that's not going to be very helpful right now. And you know what? That as a as your friend or family member, you should know uh, where where it would probably land with them. But if you think this would help someone, um, and whether maybe that's if you someone think that dealing that's... with death or who isn't at all and maybe should, uh, go ahead and share it with them. And maybe if that's the case, listen to it with them so that you can you can help them process too. Yeah. Um, and if if you know if you're really itching to share the podcast, but this episode just isn't the one you want to share, you can go back and listen to the old ones. That's an option. And there there are some that are much more lighthearted and entertaining and good to share with people. So That's except for season lot. one, don't don't season one sucked. Yeah, I the the content was great. The audio quality is bad, um, and I can fix it if you want. But you have to request specific episodes because I ain't got time to go back and remaster all of them. Um, so I really someday should, if, I shouldn't make someday for rich and famous we can remaster season. Yeah, one. once once this podcast starts making Joe Rogan money, <laughs> we'll go back and remaster the old ones. Um, I completely lost for it. So yeah, uh, share the podcast. Like if whatever platform you listen to this on does likes, go ahead and like it, heart it, whatever. Uh, subscribe. Just let us know that you're listening and that you're interested in knowing when new content comes out. We are on all of the big podcasting platforms. So Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, in, Tune in FM. I think I got all of there's there we're on a lot we're on a lot of them um or at manbunsandjesus.podbean.com we and finally least importantly last and least we have a facebook page if you have a topic you want us to talk about if you have a guest you want us to invite on if you want to come on as a guest um reach out to us if you know us personally you can you can just text us that works or email us or whatever um if you don't know us personally and you're you're just a rando listening, welcome. We're glad you're here. There's a Facebook page that you can reach out to us, and it gets checked it, probably once a week, um, if we're being honest. So, with all of that, I think we're I think that's it. I think we're done. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.